The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez uh, here at The Daily Wire once again with special guest Andrew Clavin for the news and why it matters. Thank you so much for being here, Andrew. Andrew, I I just want to know, because you you wrote, which which Clint Eastwood movie was it? True Crime. True Crime. Did you meet him? I met him after it was over, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, that's the, he's like number one on my bucket list. Oh my! He's uh, he's uh, first of all, you know the funny thing about him is he's a genuine artist. He's not. No, you know, I know. And you're so used to seeing that face as a, a yeah. cop and a cowboy that when he opens his mouth and he starts saying artist things, it's kind of shocking. You know, yeah. like my vision for this piece was you know I, I was talking to my agent and you think like hey, so he's an actor and a director. Yeah, I get yeah, it yeah. now. You know, you know yeah. it's strange. Well, thanks for rubbing it in. No, he's really not all that. He clever. didn't mention you, though. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know. You. I know you uh, Glenn, what was your top story? Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. I can't wait to talk about why that matters still. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ever-evolving uh, Kavanaugh uh, saga that yes. we're in the middle of uh, it keeps keeps evolving. All right. I wanted Bert and Ernie, but I'll have to settle for Trump declassifying the uh, FISA documents. Which, I mean, may matter a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know in today's world. But before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Minostalgia. Uh, we've longtime fans of Minostalgia. They have the pepper jellies. They have the beer jellies. I wish we should have traveled with some so we could have had Andrew try some. I don't know. One of the people on our party already was stopped by the... Uh, <laughs> Airport police. Did you know that's that? true? Yes, I did. Tyler, he looks like a drug smuggler. So they, but Minnesota yeah, so. is not drugs. No, no I know. So. But if you would have been like, <laughs> yeah, no, really, it's just a bag full of jelly. That's true. You know, I don't that's know. That's true. What drug looks like jelly? <laughs> they've got, they've got. Oh, the, like you don't know. The wild rice flour. Um, it's it's good because it's really healthy, but it's also delicious. So uh, your kids will eat it, and you can feel good about feeding it to them. Give them the waffles, the polenta, and. Um, you can get giant bags. So it's available in the five and the eight pound bags. Go there now. It is blazewildrice.com. Plus 10% of the proceeds will be used to, uh, they'll be donated to Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. And there really is no better time uh, than right now to do that. So blazewildrice.com and use the promo code HELP10. I wonder- even thinking about doing the, uh, you know, needing rice, no, not even needing rice. <laughs> we, the Nazarene Fund, we are trying to rescue another 16,000 um, um, uh, Christians and Yazidis and getting them out of Syria by the end of the year and we are running low on funds. Yeah. So please help. So get waffles and also help fun. <laughs> help the Christians that with is, waffles. I am all for that. I'm working for you. Do I look like I'm against that? I, I want to get to Andrew's story first, but I have to just just comment. It, the smell in here is a little off today. <laughs> it smells a, it's a little odorous. Well, you guys were having a big party last night. That's yeah, the cigar. We do the, sh- the show. We used to call it the cigar show, but they won't let us on YouTube if we call it the cigar show. So, really? Yeah, so we call Seriously? It yeah, they don't like you smoking and advertising tobacco and things like that. Wow. But it does get, I, I have to say, Sarah, when I walked in and saw your face as you were sniffing the air, <laughs> My wife came to my mind because she does not. I can smoke these things, and three weeks later, she's like, eh, "Could you sit a little down?" Yeah. <laughs> my wife sticks to everything. When she was when I first started dating her, I smoked cigars, and she just looked at me one time, one time, and said. <laughs> I can't imagine kissing a man who smokes cigars. <laughs> and I just looked at this great cigar and I was like, 
goodbye, my old. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to remember, you have to remember Kipling, right? A woman so is then, a woman. So last oh night, instead of cigars, uh, I heard it. that this was yours, Glenn. Oh my gosh. Is that true? Puff the Magic Dragon? Yeah. No. I, no. I don't okay, know. So me, I so, saw. Uh, so I will tell you that I did send my assistant out to uh, go to get this medical device <laughs> here in California, uh, and uh, it was it was quite an adventure. Now it is the Glenn Beck Memorial Bong. <laughs> here. So. All right, Andrew, your top story. My top story. Well, you know, one of the great pieces of cognitive dissonance of the Trump era is they keep telling us that Trump is a fascist and authoritarian and everything. He says is wrong and he's breaking the Constitution where really he though he talks the things he says can be awful he really hasn't done anything to violate constitutional governance whereas as we look back on the uh, Obama administration not only did they corrupt the IRS so that it was shutting down uh, you know uh, conservative voices and not only did they send out the State Department to lie about Benghazi but it is now becoming very clear that the Justice Department at its top levels at its top levels was mobilized to spy on the Trump campaign and after it's been almost years now of people urging Trump to declassify these documents. He has declassified a handful of uh, texts and the FISA warrant uh, pages, which we hope will actually reveal what they were doing when they put out a warrant to spy on his campaign. And I've got to say that John Brennan's reaction alone, I mean, John, the former CIA director, who said, well, he has the authority to do it, but... You know, and to me, that's the end of the sentence. Yeah. There is no but after yeah, he has no, the authority to do it. Right. Yeah. But, they, but he says they should resist. They should quit. They resign. Do all this stuff. Well, really, at this point, the question is, what are they hiding? And I think this is the right thing to do. And I just think that the entitlement of what they now call the deep state, which turns out to be real. I mean, it's like a conspiracy theory that turned out not to be a theory. The, the entitlement of the deep state, the idea that if they didn't like the outcome of this election, they were authorized somehow by some magic force to reverse it is really becoming quite, so, quite clear and, and dangerous. How do you define the deep state? Because there's the, there's the deep state, uh, you know, uh, like, like Turkey, and then there's the deep, deep state like we have. And I'd and, and I like to know your definition of what we have. What I, what I feel is the deep state are the unelected people who can become a permanent government uh, when all our elected officials come in, they go out. These are the people who really know what goes on, and they're the people who really turn the gears of government. Mm -hmm. Now, on one level, that's a good thing. I'm sure 90% of them are loyal, you know, honest, mm -hmm. steadfast bureaucrats who are going in and just turning the pencil sharpener and making sure everything works. But it doesn't take too many, especially at the top, to start thinking, you know, I know I really know what's going on. You know, I can pull the paper off Donald Trump's desk. I really know what's going on. And, and they shouldn't have elected this guy. We should really stop this. You know, just you and me, you know, like Struck and Page kind of going back and forth. I will stop this from happening. And those are, those are the dangerous people. So those are, that's exactly what I believe we have in America. And, and it's some people take the deep state as this real conspiracy you know, where they're meeting in a star chamber and all that crap. It's not. It is just it, the, the best example, and we've known it forever, is the State Department. Right. The State Department believes we'll be here long after you're gone, Mr. President. So we'll delay and we'll do what we want and they will really push back. The best thing that can happen is, you know, we keep talking about term limits for Congress. 
Well, it was good enough for the president, but Congress doesn't want to do that. But nobody's even talking about term limits for public servants. That's a really good point. You know, the whole thing has to change out. When you when you meet people at the State Department, the first thing you are struck by is how incredibly intelligent and well-educated they are. And the second thing you're struck by is that they don't know things that ordinary people know. So, so you know, they'll, they'll talk to you about, I remember talking to an old State Department hand telling me how terrible it was that Israel had bombed Saddam Hussein's nuclear reactor. And I, he, because it was illegal, that was an illegal thing to do. And I said, I got to tell you something. That's an act, an illegal act. I never lost a minute's sleep over, over Israel doing that. And I wish they'd gone back and done it again. And, and they really have kind of lost the plot of reality to some degree. And I do think it would be a great idea, a great idea to turn them over from time to time. You know, the worst thing I have seen in Washington, D.C., I saw this during the Obama administration. I bet it's the same still in, uh, in the, under the Trump administration. It's 2008. I go to uh, Washington, D.C., and the, the sky is full of cranes, just full of cranes. And they are building this mega city. And it's all government or people who are serving the government or trying to leech off the government or influence the government. It was the only place in America besides Texas that was growing. And it's obscene. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this behemoth. And you live in there and you just start to have the attitude, quite honestly, that the New York elites have that, you know what, everybody else in the country or whatever, we know what's going on. That is not the American system. You know, they used to call it Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. Not true anymore. You used to go to Washington. It's true. You used to go to Washington and the women were kind of dowdy and the men were shabby and all this. Now it looks like L.A. You will go there and everybody the looks first... great. And you think, why do they, they look so great? Oh, because they have all my money. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for that reason. But, I mean, look at Melania. And that's something we never talk about. We have the most beautiful first lady ever in history. She's never on a cover. No, she's never, never been, mag- no, no. she's never been on a magazine cover. It's crazy how they just ignore her. It's true, and she's shockingly good at her job. I, I would never have said before she took office that this is going to be a good first lady, but I'm proud when she goes out there. She does a good job. She not only does a good job uh, on her. I mean, I was going to say, what is her job? First lady or being married to him? She does, <laughs> she does about, yeah. both of them very well. She does. She really does. All right, Glenn, Burton, Ernie. They're gay, you know. I mean, they're puppets, so are you sure? Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're felt, their genitals are made out of felt. Do, are, do they have genitals? No, they do do. Felt genitals, I'm sure they do. Sure they under, do? Under I the clothes? Sure they do. Look sure. sure. <laughs> nope, I, you know, they're not functioning, uh, you know. And that would be ridiculous, right? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> not, like, it's not, not like premise. Ernie looks at Miss Piggy and all of a sudden, you know, something is happening in felt. Taxi, uh, could I get a taxi out of it? <laughs> right. Okay, so, so, so the, the writer... Um, you know, writes and f- f- speaks out and says, I've always felt that he was, uh, that they were gay. And it reminds me of me and my husband. Okay, whatever. But that they're not you and your husband. You know that, right? This is, this is Bert and Ernie. So the Frank Oz, he yes. comes out and he has and to... Res- have a tweet. By you have a tweet? Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Tweet. Yeah. It's up. Seems Mr. Uh, Saltzman was asked, that's the writer, if Bert and Ernie are gay. It's fine that he feels that they are. They're not, of course. But why that question? Does it really matter? Why do we need to find people only as gay? There's so much more human beings uh, to human beings than just straightness or gayness. Well, this set off just a, an avalanche of hate. 
of, you know, they've got to be gay. Don't you know what they mean to all the little boys? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, as a little boy, I wasn't thinking of that. Now, when you start to become a teenager, you know, the joke is, come on, really, seriously, what the, what are the two guys doing? But if you look at why they were created in the first place, and then you go back and read the tweets and what people are doing, it's astonishing that none of us learned a damn thing from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> because the reason why they were created is they're very different. Bert is stodgy. He's kind of the Felix Unger. Uh, not the, uh, yeah, the Felix Unger. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm trying Oscar to remember, Madison. Oscar Madison is Ernie. It's very Neil Simon-ish, where they're two people, they're very different. And the whole point was... You can live side by side and get along no matter how different you are. He's yellow, the other one's orange. One's tall, one's short. You know, one is funny and goofy, one is grumpy. You can live together and get along even though you're very different. And look at what we're doing. We, only if you say that they're both gay. Yeah. Only if you say they're both gay can we live together. It's crazy. You have to call them guppets, uh, gay muppets. And <laughs> they, will, they will not be accepted. I didn't know um, guppets. Yes, go is that guppets. the new word? It is. It's okay. the only acceptable word. All right. For what if I are. say that they were gay muppets or just muppets, Am I banished? Yes, you are. Okay, you right. are. Um, it's interesting because I, I felt kind of bad for the writer in a way because he was describing his relationship um, and he saw his relationship reflected. But, like, they sleep in separate beds. <laughs> they, like, they sleep in separate beds. They rarely show affection with each other. Um, I don't... I, that's a sad relationship. I hope that wasn't really how his relationship was. I don't know why he wrote it that way. This has been, this has been a bad week for cartoons, though, because they, you know, this is right after uh, Stormy Daniels said that Tr- oh, you know, yes. Trump's junk looked like uh, the mushroom from uh, what was it, Mario Kart? No, 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 Mario Kart. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think Trump oh, thinks boy. his. I think I Trump know. thinks it looks hey, like that. We right gotta. Before we go to break, the flag. Yeah, right there. That's what I think he thinks it looks. Well, that's what Trump thinks. Right. Yes. Stormy had another opinion. You should hear what Bert says. This is a great time for a break. We'll be right back. Get us out of here, please. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Coming up, uh, your daily dose of the Kavanaugh Circus. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Brickhouse, who has been keeping me functioning uh, while in L.A. and on L.A. time with their uh, product from dawn to dusk. Mm-hmm. Which Look at the two of you, both bright eye, bushy tail. Why aren't you sharing any of this with me? <laughs> this is just make- I am so... This is all, this is all makeup. Eat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. It's a killer. Yeah. That time change is a killer. But uh, from dawn to dusk has been working uh, for me really well. And then they also have Field of Greens, which I've got to get you to try. I've got to get you to try it. Yeah, but uh, Good luck. My wife says that about a salad every time I pass one. <laughs> but it's delicious is the thing. Try. It's not a salad. I find a salad to be delicious. But yeah. I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes right now. You will love Field of Greens because it's one full serving of fruits and vegetables, just the scoop. And you can mix it into whatever. I and it will tastes tell good. you that. Pat likes it, and Pat is practically Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. He hates it. Who, by the way, is gay. 
I don't know. Wait, Pat Oscar, or Oscar? Yeah, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar's Pat, totally Oscar. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, it's great for people who really don't like to eat vegetables like these guys here. Um, but you can still get the benefits of eating vegetables. Go to BrickHouseBlaze.com and use promo code GREENS. You can get 15% off your first order or you can text GREENS to 41411. All right, Kavanaugh. Well, uh, Dianne Feinstein, who's kind of led this Kavanaugh thing, uh, the Democrats are now a little upset because she's blown it so badly. (laughs) Uh, She didn't let anyone know about this letter, and then it comes out, and now the woman doesn't want to testify. They don't seem to have much of anything. They've they've tried to pull out now another person who went to the school who they're using as a reference to prove this case, and her quote was that she heard a buzz about the incident at the time. Um, and she and and because of this this person's vivid recollection of the incident, we have to believe of the it. buzz. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, because a vivid re- recollection is the brand new version of uh, I don't know what time or location it occurred. <laughs> that apparently those are now this, the same thing. Um, so Feinstein is kind of getting uh, hammered by some of the Democrats behind the scenes because like this was their big play, um, and uh, and. But, you know, some people are sticking by it. Cory Booker is out tweeting about how he can't he believe... Is. He's Spartacus, exactly. He didn't have any phones back then. <laughs> uh, but that one's amazing, though, too. And I did not honestly know this until recently, but he actually, in one of his books, admitted to groping a girl as a teenager. And he's out there criticizing Kavanaugh. Wow. He admitted to groping a girl as a teenager against her will after she pushed uh, his hand away. Um, and she, he did it anyway. And it's like, well, you don't get to comment on this one. Uh, can you take a break? Maybe uh, it's a good time for a vacation if you've got one coming up. Uh, it's, it's, just a, it's just a strange thing. And I think we've, 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 this has come in phases, right? At the beginning, it was, hey, uh, you know, Brett Kavanaugh is going to get rid of your birth control and he's really bad on abortion and they tried to get it on at least something while it was a bunch of lies at least tied to an issue then they had this phase where they were still trying kind of a hail mary to stop kavanaugh at any cost and i think now given that she's not going to testify at least at this point that we've entered a new phase which is look the guy's getting confirmed but let's get a good argument for the election out of it and so they're gonna they're now trying to build this argument that the, the GOP wouldn't even wait for an investigation. They care so little about women. They wouldn't even wait for an investigation to confirm this guy. Why not at least hear her story, have an investigation, have the FBI look into it? Uh, and they're trying to like, pull this into a reason to vote for Democrats. Uh, you know, I don't know. The whole argument is, is about trying to uh, activate their base. And maybe it works, but it's, it's depressing. Is, I find it disturbing that their argument is always essentially the same, which is essentially give up your due process rights, give up your constitutional rights, because somebody is emotional. You know, this is a woman. She's been so brave to come forward. Are you going to doubt her? And I think, yeah, I doubt anybody. Anybody who makes an accusation, a criminal accusation against another person has to be doubted, right? The burden of proof is always on the accuser. But they act like you're, you're being a terrible terrible guy because she's a woman or she's black or she's gay or she's short or she's white you know whatever it is it's it's the constant erosion of constitutional norms for emotional reasons and i just think it's always the same argument we just talked about this uh when we were talking the other uh, just a little while ago about About the the outrage signals virtue it works as a shield and then it is a weapon. Yep. You, you cannot defend yourself or you're a hater. Guilt, shame, uh, or uh, what was it? Guilt, shame, or fear. 
you have no defense. You can't question them because they were first on the scene signaling their virtue yeah, that they cared. And you they didn't. Are. Yeah, and, and, I, and I have to be honest. I, you know, I say this boldly, but knowing it's going to blow back on me. It's like if this guy has lived unimpeachably for 35 years and he got drunk at a party and did something he shouldn't have done, he shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. But 35 years of unimpeachable living, that, that doesn't count for anything. That doesn't you go back into a guy's high school years and, and you're going to condemn him for that, keep him off the bench for that. What human being can endure that kind of scrutiny. Exactly. I mean, and Cory Booker apparently was okay, right? Like, Cory Booker (laughs) did the same thing at almost the exact same age, and he's going to run for president next year. And he's become Spartacus. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, he he likes gladiator movies, which maybe say something else entirely. (laughs) I mean, it is is amazing, though, that, uh, you know, people on the left do tend to somehow get away unscathed, even admitting to that. And then you've got Keith Ellison, who hasn't admitted to anything, but there have been some allegations, well, those allegations against him. And are... she's, I mean, she's said, I have therapist notes from the time. I have multiple coworkers who saw text messages. I talked to them about it. I have, we have, I still have the text messages between Keith and I talking about the abuse. I mean, she allegedly has more evidence than Ford does she, on anything she, Kavanaugh did. she says did. the Democrats are isolating her yes. and attacking her. And we know they do this because we remember, I mean, we remember Hillary Clinton saying destroy destroy their stories. Yep. And, and so we know they do this. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's just amazing to me that they can treat their own party that way. And now Kavanaugh is supposed to be hung because he may or may not have done something at the age of 17. Because of a couple of reasons. The ends justify the means. And uh, there is no one above the party. There's no one above the power of the party. You get in the way, you know, you're expendable. Yeah. And, it, and it, it couldn't honestly happen to a nicer group of people. <laughs> um, they have, they're eating their own now. And it's amazing to me how many, how many of these people are now feeling for the very first time what it's like to be a conservative. It's, it, it is interesting to see what happens in this world of multimedia, in this world of uh, online media. For so long, the Democrats have been surrounded by this kind of um, you know, Mars-like dome of the media that protected them in every situation. If, if it weren't for the Drudge Report, the Bill Clinton scandal never would have come out. They spiked that story. They've spiked they basically buried the 10 Kennedy story. You know, they, they have been doing this for years. And now that we're here basically talking about it, they can't quite do it the same way. And I wonder how transparent that's going to make this kind of strategy. Well, Glenn, you mentioned that they're eating their own. And that brings up uh, an interesting point. For me, I, I was on your show a couple days ago, and we talked about um, Trump's rhetoric and getting down and dirty. And I just said, you know, I felt like there was a better way to to talk. There was a better way to present your uh, politics, you know, rather than always going for the negative. I got a lot of heat from the viewers just by simply saying, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not, you know, I'm a conservative, you know, I, you would think that I would be on their side and they were really, really unhappy with me. So, I mean, I think there's a you good, got that, you got that too on about me. I get it all yeah, the but time. I, so it's, be, but we're angry. eating our own too. I mean, it's, it is, it's yep. 50, it's 50 years of the news media universally, unanimously saying you stink to these people. <laughs> I mean, they would turn on every single late night comedy show. Every single one is anti-Trump. You voted for Trump. You like Trump. You don't get to turn on your TV and watch some comedy at the end of the day. I mean, it's no wonder they feel like this. And I, I do not blame them. And I understand your point of view, but I still don't blame them. Yeah. Right. I, I don't I don't blame them either. But I, I, I will say 
I think I started telling a story on your show um, earlier today where I was on a show and, you know, I said, he's our president. Uh, we elected him, and I got a bunch of people say, you didn't elect him, blah, blah, blah. Well, right. I didn't mean it. I meant it as Americans. We right. went through an election process, and he is now our president. Right. Um, and that's the way it always should be. Well, they turned on me. How dare you say that? And, and we have to stop to think. Who's going to come join your club? If everyone who says, I'm not sure, then says, you know what? Good point. And you turn on them? They're yes. not gonna, nobody's going to join your club. Yeah. All right, uh, back in a minute. Got to take a break. Hi, it's Glenn, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I want to tell you about another show I think you're going to like. It's called The Morning Blaze. It's with Doc Thompson. You can check it out right now wherever you get your favorite podcast. I think we've just uh, ignited a larger conversation that we are going to take into overtime. So Blaze subscribers, go to On Demand to get to the overtime portion. Uh, and remember, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Subscribe, rate us, only if it's good. Yeah. Don't, don't rate us if you don't like us. Uh, and then don't forget if you have not already done it, Order Glenn's book, Addicted to Outrage, just came out. And yeah. it, when does it come out? I, I you, don't know. I haven't heard much about it. Yeah. The guy won't. Uh, if won't you want to know how to solve the problems we're talking about right now, get the book. We'll Dang. see you in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. We were just discussing, uh, you know, the left is eating their own, and that's, of course, amusing to watch, right? <laughs> we get a little bit of enjoyment out of it, but the right is eating their own as well. And uh, Andrew, we were talking about that, and I mentioned being on your show, and people were very critical, even though oh, yeah. I was, I'm like, I'm on your side. Do you see that a lot as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I started out as far against Trump as it's possible to be. One of the most popular videos I ever made was kind of teasing Trump voters for being so angry all the time. I got like, you know, 18 million hits, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and then when he was elected, I said what, I, what Glenn said. I said, look, this is day one. He, now he works for me. Yes. And he didn't before, and I'm going to forget his history. I've been really happy with what he's done. What he's done, what he says sometimes drives me crazy, but I've gotten used to it. Look, you can get used to a lot of stuff. He's a man with a lot of personal flaws. He's, he's a gigantic figure in the American mode. You know, we've had figures like him before, and I'm happy with what he's accomplished, what he's actually done. He's skewed far more to the right than he th I thought he would. But he's still who he is. He's not a pleasant person. He's a man who not only committed adultery, he bragged about adultery. He's a guy who will say anything. He's, he's not, I don't tr always trust the words that come out of his mouth. No, always. I never trust the words that come out of <laughs> and, and so And so I speak about him honestly, but I am incredible. I think he's been a very good president. I think he has been good at the job of being president. He's not my daddy. He's not my pal. He's not coming anywhere near my daughter. But, <laughs> but, but, but he has been a very, very good at the job of being president. So I'm always pretty positive about him, but I never lie. And I will say what I say. And the minute I say it, the minute I say it, it's like, oh, you're a cuck. You've never gotten around. You've never come around. You know, when, when is Andy, because, you know, nobody calls me that. When is Andy going to get his head on straight? And, and you know, people ask me about Ben all the time. When is Benji going to get his head on straight? And you go like, if we're, if we are a party about the individual, if we are a movement about the individual, 
People are going to disagree. You have got to have some room for individual conscience, for good people to examine their conscience and say, hey, I want to go along, but I can't, or I want to go along part way, but I can't. If we don't do that, what do we stand for? We don't stand for the individual anymore. I mean, that's what individuals are. Individuals are defined not by their sexuality, not by the color of their skin. They're defined by their conscience. And if we can't say of a guy like Jonah Goldberg, a guy I like and admire very much, if we can't say, hey, this is where this guy's conscience is going. This is the conscience of a conservative going in a way that I disagree with and not just destroy him. You know, if we can't just say, hey, you know, what I'll say to Jonah, I don't agree with you there. If we can't do that, I don't understand what we stand for. I don't understand what it is we're working toward. If so it's not the freedom of speech and of the individual. You know. This is the this is the the trouble that I have um, really in trying to explain this book to people, because I mean, even you said it, Drew, earlier. You said, "Come on, you know, the problem's really on the on the left, right?" I do think that, yeah. But what are they doing? They are eating their own because you have to be 100% in lockstep. We're just a baby version of that now. Mm -hmm. We are growing more and more like them, where if you are not 100% with me, then you're my enemy. You're a traitor. I mean, the insanity. The argument I have about this, and and of course you're right about this at at a level, my my argument about it is we are doing that to each other on the comment section of the internet, okay? They're doing it to each other in Congress, on CNN, on, at the New York Times. I mean, have you read the New York Times lately? It's like, it is really like a birthday party for eight-year-old girls that a mouse got into. You know, it's like people just screaming everywhere, running everywhere in hysteria. And if anybody comes in and says, you know, I kind of like Donald Trump, he's gone, or he is just battered and bullied. That doesn't happen here. I mean, there are, in the right-wing media, we are not killing each other like that. It is... It, are people, the people who are doing it are still on the outskirts of the party. But you're right, it is creeping in. It's, it's interesting to watch because, you know, I, he's exceeded my expectations as president as well, um, in, 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 in especially when it comes to, you know, policy-wise, uh, you know, some things like trade with it being the exception. Um, but, I mean, I found it actually helpful in my analysis of the situation to legitimately ignore everything he tweets and everything he says. <laughs> because if you just ignore that, you get cut through and actually see what's going on. Um, and the thing I don't like about the stuff he does say and when he does tweet and, and the people that react the same way, I think the anger is really legitimately justified. But one of the um, one of the things that drew me to conservatism initially as a teenager was the emphasis of of logic over emotion. And that part of conservatism seems to have just dried up. You know, I mean, there's just not enough of that. I think Daily Wire does a great job with that. We attempt to occasionally do it at the Blaze as well. You know, <laughs> there's some mediocre results. Um, but, you know, that, that sort of thing I think is, is important because that when we get into, I think, justifying too much of the emotional reaction, even when it is understandable, you lose that, that real that long-term thing. You know, that whole thing where, we, where it used to be, you know, you always start out as liberal and you become conservative. That, that transition is going from emotional to logical. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you see you have world experience and you change you have we grow up with wisdom i just hope that's not gone away Uh, and i'm and hopefully it's a maybe it's a short-term thing maybe you know trump is such a a, a unique guy a unique figure in american history uh that it may just be that people have changed for this period and we'll kind of get back to a more normal thing later on but i don't know i'm I'm not sure which way that goes i do think we have to address i mean this is the the thing i've been hammering at for over a decade now and i'm starting to give up i've been hammering at people about the culture on our side I, i mean i'm 
I'm a, I'm a novelist and a screenwriter. That was, that's how I've made my living most of my life, telling stories, creating what, a, a little bit of culture, right? And, and this stuff about conservatives do not get what it means to have every comedian attacking you every night. They don't get what it means when the glamorous people stand up and win their Oscar for pretending to be somebody else, for reading somebody else's line, you get the statuette, you get all this fame, and you stand up and say, you know what, America? You're stupid. You voted for Donald Trump. He's stupid and you're stupid. You're Nazis. You're fascists. You're racist. You're sexist. You know, for, for all of humankind, all of human history, people have said there are two sexes, men and women. Suddenly, somebody at the New York Times mailroom <laughs> says, you know what? I think there are 47 sexes. But not only do I think that, if you don't believe it, you're a terrible person. You're a bad person. You know, for 2,000 years, homosexuality was considered the sin that dare not speak its name. You want to come to me and say, you know, I, I see this a little differently. I'm actually with you there. I've always been kind of liberal on this subject. But don't come to me and say, oh, now that's changed. It's Thursday at noon. Now that's over. You stink. You know, and I think that that kind of, that kind of cultural battering that the people have taken is what has turned them emotional, is what has kept them, made them abandon the core sensibility of conservatism, which you're right, is logic. It, they're just so angry, and I can't blame them. So that is the problem with um, the outrage, because it is, it is justified uh, to feel this way. Right. You know, if you're, if you're on the left, you feel justified because you've been told Donald Trump is a hate monger racist and he's going to take away birth control and everything else. And you ha you're just you, th that. I mean, that makes you emotional and outraged. Um, what the what the difference here is, is there is a long turn, um, a, a long term uh, problem that has been going on both here and Europe. And that is people feel disenfranchised. They feel like they haven't been listened to. They feel like their culture has been taken from them. They feel that their culture has been ridiculed. That, you know, I don't care if you're in Sweden or San Antonio, you feel like the politicians are corrupt. Uh, corrupt. People are getting rich off of your tax dollars. The rich and the powerful never go to jail. They can do no wrong. Uh, and at the same time, our, our schools are teaching us that whether it be, again, Sweden or uh, San Antonio, that we're on the wrong side, that we were the bad guys in history. I don't, I don't, see, that, I don't see that working. Yeah. I don't see that working, at least for very long. Well, someone has to be the person to start off, right? Like, you, someone has to be the adult in the room. Because if Otherwise, you're saying, you're going to have right, I mean, beatings each, and riots. Yeah, each side feels that they're justified, and you can make a case for either side, you know, saying, okay, we're justified in our anger, but at, at some point, someone's got to give and someone's got to take the first step and in the initiative to actually listen to the other side instead of arguing. Uh, but, uh, I think this, is, this is where you're right, by the way, though. When, when you are easygoing, when you are ready to listen to the other side, ready to, not to discount everything they say, when you are critical of Donald Trump, and the people attack you, and the people attack you, you lose the power to communicate. You lose the power to communicate. Any, everything becomes Alex Jones. Everything becomes Infowars. Some some crazy guy screaming at the camera that it's all a big conspiracy. And you know? taking his shirt off. And taking his shirt off. You can't can't miss that. Can't can't miss TV. Uh, <laughs> but but I think that that is where we lose we lose those people if they're not going to listen to any kind of uh, you know crosstalk at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk Texas politics for a second. Okay. Okay. Beto, 
I'm sorry. On our program, we like to not call him that. We like to just call him O'Rourke because we don't want to try to insinuate that he is at all Francis Hispanic. Yes. Robert, uh, Robert Francis. Robert Francis it is. <laughs> yeah, but he uh, so he is now a poll is showing him leading Cruz by two points in the Texas Senate race, although I just did see another poll that had Cruz up by nine, so yeah. it's kind of all over the place. He also what just, did you think of that poll? Uh, I, yeah, I looked at it, actually, because uh, when I saw that, you know, obviously yeah, you're like, that's Ooh. a big deal if, yeah. if he's really up to, uh, you know, uh, um, so different, much different polling is what basically you had there. Uh, the one where he's up nine is sort of the gold standard of polling. It's the landline and cell phone uh, live calls uh, where. Uh, how many people under 30 are picking up their landline? Well, landline and cell phone. Live calls. Oh, live calls. Okay. Um, and that, so that's sort of the gold standard of polling. The, uh, the, the other uh, poll, which showed Beto, uh, or I mean O'Rourke, uh, this is a trigger for her, O'Rourke mm-hmm. uh, up by uh, two, was an internet poll. It was an internet poll of people who had already, uh, you know, uh, willingly um, uh, volunteered to be in it. Um, and so a lot of times you get those stranger results. The, the party splits, as you'd see. Like, there's, is, there, is it a possibility? that there are 45% Republicans and 43% Democrats in Texas. I mean, if, if that's true, Beto's going to win. Yeah. He's going to win. I, you know, my, I think the splits on the other poll look a lot more like reality. Um, so, you know, one of the things that's difficult about Texas is it's been so one-sided for so long. There isn't, is, they haven't been focusing on it and doing a lot of polling there. So they don't know as well what the Democratic graphic makeup is, as, you know, as well as they may have in, uh, for other uh, states that are more highly polled. But, I mean, if I, looking at it just on the basis of it, it wouldn't panic me if I were Cruz. He's led in every other poll. Uh, it's one poll. If if you start seeing a couple more where Beto is either tied or up by a couple points, it would be it would be time to panic. But I mean, if you want Cruz to win, then, like you should treat it as if it's real. You should be fighting this. Well, you this should be doing right that now, as if it's. You real should be doing close. that in any uh, mm-hmm. any of the elections because you know Trump is saying, well, you know, there's going to be this red wave. Well, no, that's not what any yeah. of the polls say. I hope you're right. Yeah. But I don't think also, so. Also, I'd be careful saying that because you don't want to, you know, encourage people to stay home. Complacency. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you want to motivate them to still get out and vote, even if you think that yes. that's the case. Yes. Uh, Andrew, have you been keeping up with the O'Rourke Cruz race? I, I have, and I actually I agree with you. I believe the poll that has Cruz edging up because he actually didn't hit the airwaves until September. He didn't yes. even start campaigning. And once they started campaigning, they started campaigning on values, which I think is very powerful in Texas and Elsewhere, you know, the uh, uh, O'Rourke is for gun control. Yeah, he uh, said he wants to get rid of AR-15s. Yes, and O'Rourke is for um, in Texas. Uh, you know, he says it's all right to kneel and protest the flag in Texas. Uh, yeah. Yes, and uh, exactly. And and the the ad that they put out was of a veteran who had lost his legs, saying, "I can't stand up for the flag. You have to stand up for me." I thought, ah, that's powerful. I, even I felt that one. You know, that went right through me. Yeah. So uh, they've got. I know they've got a great ad team, and I think that that's the effect we're seeing. That was in that bump in that poll, and that's why I believe in it. Yeah, Yeah. I hope so. Uh, All right, did you hear what Elon Musk came out and said today? (laughs) No, he's he's already arranged, he's got his first uh, person who's gonna take a trip to the moon. And he's arranging that. To the moon. Yes. Okay. Astronaut Scott Kelly <laughs> is, uh, is offering to help him. I think we have a tweet from Elon Musk, if we could show that. So he said that the moon mission will be live streamed in high def VR. So it will feel like you're there in real time, minus a few seconds for the speed of light. What's your take on that, Glenn? Well, I mean, are you going to pay for a trip to the moon, too? 
Uh, no, I would be vomiting all the way. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do well in space, but I, I will tell you, I took my kids um, to see the last uh, space shuttle takeoff. Um, and it's the... Have you ever seen it? Anybody seen it? No. I'd love to. It's one of the wonders of the world. I mean, it's. I saw it at 3 o'clock in the morning. It was pitch dark. There was no moon. All of a sudden, that thing starts to blast off. Takes about three, four seconds before the sound actually reaches you. Um, and then it lights up the sky. And for a good 45 seconds to maybe a minute, it is positively noon. <laughs> it's just, wow. it's the most amazing thing you've, you've ever seen. And it... You know, it used to, back with the Atlas rockets, it used to break all the windows. I mean, right, you know, within five miles. That thing just shakes everything. It is, it's the wonder of what man can do if he, if he tries to use his power for good as opposed to evil. Mm. The good thing about that tweet, too, is it's not uh, one that's going to get Elon Musk sent to prison, uh, which, <laughs> yeah. like, some of his previous ones are getting... Look, oh, no. I, what, yes. <laughs> what Elon says, send it off to him. Uh, brings us to today's poll. Would you pay to travel to the moon? I'm going to go ahead and say no. In this, in this environment, I'm kind of on board. I think I'd like are to you? check it out. So, oh, yeah. a, one, a one-way ticket. pay to come back. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> One way. <laughs> all right, Andrew, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Great and talking to thanks you. Thanks for letting us invade all of your personal spaces <laughs> here. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.